Hey, 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 how you doing, Brigitte? I'm good, I'm good. Good, you got in, you got in pretty easy, I see. Yeah, this is so neat. I, I, I am not aware of this, okay. Oh, yeah, you know, I love that, I love that. You hear me all good, I can hear you all good, so sounds like we all good, so we're going to go ahead and get started, all right? Awesome. All right, so good morning. Good afternoon, good evening, whenever you happen to be listening to this podcast. This is the GH2 Podcast, and I have a very, 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 very special guest with me today. This guest was joining us. I had the privilege of joining her on her podcast here recently, and it was amazing. It was an experience that I can say that was one of my top, 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 top experiences uh and you know it was just really good just to chop it up with a really good friend uh the only guy i have here with me today is none other than the wonderful miss Bridgetta giles uh owner ceo of the say it to me nice podcast good evening (laughs) miss giles go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit Awesome. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. I feel honored. My God. All right. <laughs> hey, y'all. Hey, uh, I am Projetta Giles. I am a certified family life educator, sex educator, podcast host of Say It To Me Nice. Um, CEO. I like CEO. Yes, CEO. She's going to have her whole podcast network. Watch out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Um, so my mission is to close the orgasm gap. My vision is love and good sex for all. I do this by having a very sex positive podcast um, that centers the sexual experiences of black women, um, encouraging black women to own their sexual selves or own themselves as sexual beings um, by learning about pleasure, learning about their bodies, learning about kink and um, things that are just considered taboo. And to take these conversations, and if they are partnered, have these conversations with their partner, um, explore, and just have fun with sex. So what would you say is probably like the biggest taboo thing that you usually have conversations with people about and with their partners and different things like that? What's some of the the biggest taboo things that you talk about? Mm. I will say uh, sexual exploration and feeling comfortable with discussing fantasies with their partner, um, especially if it has anything to do with um, um, girl on girl, anything dealing with uh, bringing a third party into third, fourth, whatever party into the bedroom um, and being perceived as a hoe. Honestly, that that's the biggest that's the most frequent thing I hear. Um, the the strangest or the most taboo thing. Oh, here's one. I uh, had a young lady come in who was interested in blood play and whoa, did not whoa, know. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you're not going to say that like that's normal. <laughs> like, like, you're not going. <laughs> you're not going to do that. So what do you mean by blood play? Like, please explain blood play before you get into this this explanation because I'm just like, wait a minute, blood play? What are we talking about? Blood play is a form of kink where individuals like to play in blood and induce bleeding through different forms of knife play. Safe, hopefully, fingers crossed. Safe knife play. Um, But yeah, it's just basically playing with blood, sucking, licking, producing, drawing blood from another individual. Yeah. Oh, um, Jesus. Okay. Um, man, I feel like I need to be, um, somebody need to put some holy water on me. Uh, but okay. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so tell yeah. me, what are some kink things that, you know, some, 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 un, some, un, uh, maybe some unknown known kink things that you usually talk with people about? Oh my goodness. You know, I've been having conversations um, about um, FinDom, so financial dominatrix. Um, And more and more women are finding an interest in this kink where they're, they're, they're Dom and they receive money from what's called pay pigs. 
And these are individuals, um, typically men, who get sexual gratification out of giving women money. And they do so to fendoms. There, there are websites and everything about this. And so there, it's a lot of, I guess, sugar babies, quote unquote, um, are transitioning into this whole fendom lifestyle. Again, this is something I've been reading about. This I've had a few referrals for um, women looking to become fendom. Shout out to Jet Setting Jasmine and King Noir. I refer all of them to um, those two. Um, Jet Setting Jasmine is a sex therapist. Um, and they together, they teach um, all things kink and porn and parenting. And so I refer all of that to them because that's not that's not my wheelhouse. But that is a very interesting uh, kink, in my opinion. Okay. And that's another. Oh, a vampire kink. So this, this one is really good. That's a, okay. It's a thing. It's okay. a thing. Come on with it. Well, you have a dom who has a character that is a vampire. And you know, like, okay, so I used to watch Buffy the Vampire Slayers. Like, it was my <laughs> favorite television show when I was in high school. Favorite. And Ooh, so, I, right? Go, go, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I still, I'm just saying. So, literally, the, the Dom takes on the persona of a, a vampire. They're kind of mysterious. They're kind of sexy. There's a little bit of them, just, there's a demand there. There's a heaviness. Um, so, yeah. You suck a little blood sometimes, not really. Yeah, their teeth. I think it's I think it's pretty cute, but yeah. So so what took you into this field? Like, what was the thing that you just said? God dang it, I'm gonna be a sex educator. Please. Oh my goodness. So, it was it was a very interesting. That's a very interesting story. So I was raised by my grandparents, and my grandparents were always very. Um, black and white when it came to sex. I never got the whole, oh, you need to wait till you're married conversation. The conversation I got was, hey, at some point you don't want to have sex. And when you do, we want you to be safe. So here are all the ways that you can be safe in having sex. There were no, there was no conversation about intimacy, no conversation about um, uh, lesbianism, bisexuality, anything dealing with LGBTQIA, anything like that. It was just penis meets vagina you put it together you could I mean it could be great it could be horrible you could get a baby you could not you can get a disease you could not there you go go forth and make good decisions um so I had that knowledge from a very early age and so when I got to high school I really I really had no interest in having sex Mm -hmm. um but my classmates they all were like doing all the things and we used to have these assemblies. They were, they were just doing all kind of shit. And so they had assemblies. And a nurse would come in. And I will never forget, we had this one nurse that put this condom, like, over her, her, her fist. And was like, y'all, if a guy tells you that the condom broke, he's lying. Because if my fist can fit in the condom, then their little wee-wees. Yes, she said wee-wees. She did not say penis. <laughs> As a medical professional, grown medical professional, she said, wee-wees into the condom. And I remember looking around and everyone in awe, like, oh, my God, what? And I'm like, that's stupid. That's not right. Condoms can definitely break. What? But no one listened to me because Brigetta was the virgin. She didn't know what she was talking about. So as I grew up, I just, I, I found myself uh, one of my best friends, uh, she she passed away. Um, she was she was quite sexually active, so she would come talk to me about things before she would go to the nurse, before she would go to her her um, foster mother, things of that nature. So it started there. And when I went to college, I, I wanted to be a writer. My my mother convinced me that I would make no money as a writer, none. And so. It came to my mind, like, you know what? I want to do this. I'll become a marriage and and family therapist. Then I realized I don't want to therapize. I don't want to diagnose. I want to teach. So that's how I stumbled upon sex education. Now, I want to go back to something you said. So Mm -hmm. you said how your grandparents explained sex to you. It sounds Mm -hmm. like 
it wasn't about your pleasure. It was about like, hey, you have a vagina, men use it to get off. This yep. is what it's going to be. Yeah, pretty much. That's that's, that's exactly it. It was I I grew up with that mindset that sex was for men. That that was a theme of the conversations. It wasn't like we're not trying to deter you because we know at some point you're going to be sexually active. It's just this is part of the world that sex is for men. Hmm. So that has to be very depressing for women to grow up in a world where somebody's going to tell you, "Hey, this this thing yeah. that is that is goddamn magical." Yeah, sex is magical. I don't care what nobody says. This is um, absolutely magical. But to say this 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 magical wonderful thing. You're not going to get any pleasure out of it. You are basically a dumpster. That yes. really sucks. You are a penis input. Penis input. Got that. Interface. Penis yes. Interface. That's it. Okay. That's it. So, so before we before we jump the topic, is there mm-hmm. anything else that you would like to add before we we kind of slide into what we were going to talk about today? Um, sex is for everybody. All exactly. consenting adults, you know. All consenting adults. That's one of the things I all love that Regetta always says. She goes, "If they consent, uh, if they consent, because you gotta consent. You can't just be out here sticking everything. Taking, you cannot taking, taking it, sex from people." It, I'm so glad you said that. Also, enthusiastic consent, not oh, I think I do. I no. Yeah, no, it, it needs to be a, a yes, very much so yes. I'm excited to do the things. Yeah. All of the things. All of them. And I sent them via text message just in case. Yes, yes. <laughs> if you can get it in writing, that's, that's, even, that's even better. But remember, a person can take back consent at any time. So make Fellas, sure you're, you're, you're conscious. Yeah. Fellas, please remember. Uh, you yeah. know, like, I'm, I'm going to say on that note, like I remember I used to, I used to like, hey, tell me what you want to do when you get over here, because I didn't want no mm. issues or concerns. But, but you know, hey, but some people will say that it's, that's that's not sexy and that's killing the mood. But that you can make it right. sexy. That's that's really sexy. That I mean, that's a part of foreplay, honestly. Yeah. See, for two for a twofer, you get foreplay. You also have documented consent. Bang. <laughs> so what there you, you go. So what you want to do when you get here? You got to go ahead right. and get in the character, right? Right, right. getting character. So, so Brigetta, I want to ask you. You're my friend, right? Yes. So how can I help you? Mm. What are you dealing with right now that you know we can talk through? Imposter syndrome. Oh gosh, this foolishness. Don't do it. I know okay. we talked about it. It's not a thing. Well, no, no. It, I feel, but it's I, a thing. I feel it's not a thing, but let's 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 get into it. So I did a oh, it's so many things have happened since the last time we spoke about this. But I will say I did do a little research where imposter syndrome is not a thing for Black people because if you're if you're thinking about imposter syndrome as you you never feel like you have a seat at the table, but if you think about it historically, society was never. Black people didn't have a, a table. They they didn't build this country with with black people in mind coming at the table. We were livestock. Correct. So we we navigate this world in a way where we need to get to a table that was never built for us. Correct. So on that aspect, I understand you saying imposter syndrome is not a thing ish ish. Uh, but for me, yeah, for me, I will say. Um, I have struggled with feeling as though I belong in places that are the same thing, but better way to say it. Um, and it was so funny today was a really good example of maybe why um, not to put my own business out there, but I'm gonna put a business out there. Um, my mother has hmm? put it out there. Go on. I'm gonna put it all out there. My mother has been an educator. I am 36. My mother has been an educator for 37 years. She has taught little babies. She loves it. She loves everything about it, but she's getting older. Um, And it it should be time for her to bag it on up and come home or start her own daycare or program or whatnot. But um, my mother, unlike her child, unlike her gypsy child, um, is very much so afraid of change. And so my godmother has a daycare. She's had a daycare. I was her first client. 
she's looking for an assistant director. And my mother has all of the qualifications. She's overqualified, honestly. But it would be a much easier position for her, something that she will have staff and um, she will be paid for her expertise and her skill. And I presented it to my mom this afternoon and I could hear the fear coming across the phone. Mm-hmm. Now, my mother is 61 years old and she, yeah, yeah, tell it, yeah, she, she feel that way. Um, but she just, she couldn't even grasp the concept. So I went, I went straight into, into therapy mode. Like, okay, mama, I, I hear some hesitation. What, what are you feeling? What's going on? She couldn't even form a sentence. That is how flustered she got. And I was like, okay, just take a breath. I just, I want to know what you're feeling. What is your fear? And she went, she got defensive. And so she just kind of scrambled all over the place and, you know, hurry up and got off the phone. But I sat with that and I'm like, my mother doesn't feel as though she can do it. At 61 years old, someone who has, my mother's specialty is she can teach uh, babies or uh, three-year-olds how to read she's been doing this I I learned how to read when I was three um, a combination between her and my grandmother it's what she does um, the city knows that she can do it she doesn't feel as though she's capable of molding minds she doesn't feel capable of, of managing staff and doing paperwork and doing all this stuff but she can she doesn't feel as though she deserves a place at that level And it just really made me sit and think about how I have um, limited myself in in different pursuits, in in business, in my career. I've been at my job for for about 10 years, almost 10 years, not quite, but almost 10 years. And damn, you know, nowadays, millennials, millennials don't do nothing longer than two years. Yeah, they be they be here too. Listen, I watched I watched the documentary about that. Oh my God. But I mean, I understood the science behind it because I mean your income increases with each jump. But that's a whole nother that's 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 a whole nother thing. So with that in mind, I I've known that I've had offers to leave because I'm I'm damn good at what I do. You're what? Um, and I am gosh darn good what? at what I do. I am I just want you to make sure that you know you're damn good at what you do. Oh, okay. I'm going to say, I don't know. What what words am I using right now? So I am really, really good at what I do. Um, And I'm very passionate about helping people. I'm very passionate about the progression of families. Um, And so I have stayed in a space, even though I thrive in change. I I love every change in environments. Don't don't put me in a box because I'm a fight to get out. But when it came to, do I deserve this? I made a post about this. Do I deserve the things that I'm praying for? Do I deserve the things that I'm manifesting for? Because if I felt that I did, I would move a lot differently than I do. Mm -hmm. But but I think that's the struggle though, because one of the things me and you talk about is I think that you underestimate that you are good at what you do. Um, From a standpoint of, I am 37 years old. Praise God, as of Saturday. And, <laughs> and what I learned is there's this thing that me and you have talked about as friends that I didn't even know about. Even like when we were talking about intimacy, we talk about, you know, like men weren't really taught to be intimate. We're not really right. taught to be intimate unless we, you know, like, like, you know, like me, I grew up in a family, we kiss each other. Fine. Yeah. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, and it wasn't like a sexual thing. But yeah. what I've learned as I've gotten older is some people, some like some people would be like, man, dude, you're like females. They'll be like, you're very intimate. Like, you know, you're very intimate. But that's all I know. Right. Like, that's all I know. Like, so I, I think that you have a way of teaching sexual education in such a way that I'm going to tell any male this. I'm going to tell any black male this. Find you a sex educator to talk about sex with. Mm. Not for you to get aroused with. Please not don't. For, not for you to use on sexual conquest. 
But I'm talking about from a standpoint of uh, to use from your your relationships or for some of you dudes or women situationships that you're mm-hmm. in so that so that you know sex is not just a mechanical activity and right. something that you pull from it because right. because you know the way that you present it it makes me even think think about like okay why why would you want to do this mm-hmm. what are you getting from this Right. Oh, are, is this a bilateral agreement or is this a unilateral? Because a lot of times, men, let's be totally honest, you got a good three minutes and thirty six seconds in you, right? And she just sitting there looking silly. You, you, there's <laughs> other things you can do for her, right? Yeah. But absolutely. your ego, your ego won't allow you to do it. So I, I think you need to get you a sex educator, so you can talk. Mm-hmm. You can talk through these different things, so you can make sure you're fulfilling your partner. So that your partner can have their expectations met, um, you know. One of my one of my favorite quotes is, you know, and I want to tell y'all this: If you're in a relationship and you know you're in a relationship with somebody and y'all are both consenting adults, you should be slutting out the person you with. Like, absolutely. You know, you know, y'all should be able to explore. There should be a level of fulfillment between both of y'all to where y'all are very happy on what you're receiving. I think that. Um, it's very hard for people to do that because, well, for men to do that sometimes because we're very single-minded in sex. Mm. If we're not a person who's trying to be intimate, you know, some right. dudes, some dudes, I, I talk to my partners, y'all don't kiss females. Y'all, don't, y'all only touch them if it's sexual. And what you got to learn is you got to learn to be intimate in those moments. Mm-hmm. Let the build up, let the build up start. From the moment you get home and you give her a kiss and you slap her on the butt and you're you're making eye contact and you're using the way you position your body between her while you're having a conversation to let right. her know what you're open for. And Absolutely. I think and I think that sometimes we struggle with that because um I hate to say it, I'm gonna say it like this, guys, and I'm not trying to be vulgar in any way, but everybody wants to just fuck. They don't wanna, you know, be passionate, they don't wanna mm-hmm. have intimacy because then there's gonna be a connection. And now mm-hmm. I'm love struck, and then she leaves me, and now I'm outside her door after I hopped the fence and kicked her dog and put oh. it in the garbage can Wait. so I can so I can try to get with her and talk to her because I'm crying on her porch. That didn't happen to me. Person. I thought I said that that escalated quickly. Okay, but <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think that you have to you have to have that, and I think that you're so phenomenal because I believe that if a young man is struggling with intimacy and is struggling with pleasing the person he's with, I believe that you know a sex educator such as yourself, even if they just listen to your podcast and listen to some of the women talk on the podcast, you will learn mentally like where your head should be at in these different situations and i think mm-hmm. it's a struggle i think it's a struggle for a lot of men conversations you know what i mean you don't want to sit there and, and and deal with and deal with your inadequacies mm-hmm. you know like like some dudes like you know y'all have to you know you got to be honest about where you're at um, I, I learned to be honest with where I'm at, you know, and I think that you have to communicate that in your relationships and you do a great job of that. And you educate me. You've been educating me like literally since I've seen your podcast and I sat there and I listened to, to the podcast all two seasons and I look forward to the. I understand you got to take a little bit of break after you finish. Just a little season. bit, just a little bit. But I think that individuals need to hear the information that you put out into this, into, into this space and I know that it's hard for some people to want to listen to a sex educator because you know people don't want to ask for help for something so intimate but Mm -hmm. I think that I think just like how when people go to therapy like I love going to therapy right and and I tell people if I'm gonna tell you this I was talking to um a friend of mine and um, we were talking, and she made a comment about how, you know, she was talking about, you know, her mom died when I was young. And I was like, look, if you would have went, went to therapy right after your mom passed, you wouldn't have gotten into this bad relationship right after, mm-hmm. right afterwards. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that sometimes, just like therapy, but I think also when you're in relationships, and if you know you're not pleasing the person you're with, you gotta go seek help. Yep. And, Absolutely. And I think in relationships, if you are, if you're married or your relationship is working towards marriage, but maybe in the bedroom is a little bit of an issue. I think mm-hmm. you need to go find yourself a sex educator like this, this Brigetta. And to go back yes. to her imposter syndrome, this imposter syndrome <laughs> thing, I just want to tell you the reason why I don't believe in that is because mm-hmm. every lie you tell yourself, just like when me and you did that activity before, every lie you told yourself, we found out the reason why it was a lie. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's how we see ourselves that that really messes us up in a lot of times. So that's right. why I don't believe in imposter syndrome. Also, I don't yeah. believe in imposter syndrome just due to the fact that, um, like you pointed out, it wasn't created for us. Now, right. anybody who's not African American or anybody who anybody who's not white, the reason why I'm saying this is because we have we weren't considered when this country was mm-hmm. made or anything like that. Um, right. And if you don't believe that, go check the Constitution. Come back and talk to me, and we can talk offline. Yeah. So because of that, you have to understand that the, the imposter syndrome can't exist. Just like racism. I, I can't be racist because I don't have a right. system to put you we in. We don't have power. Yeah, we don't, don't have enough I, power I, I, to be racist. So I think that one of the hard things for, for, for one of the hard things for young people of color, black folk, more so I'm speaking to, I think the, the struggle for us is we tell ourselves so many falsehoods about who we are and we don't really tap into who we really are. So mm-hmm. just like how, you know, I don't want to revisit the conversation me and you were having offline, but everything you brought up to me, you called, like, I called you randomly in the middle of the day. I was walking to go grab lunch in Hialeah and um, Hialeah, Florida. And, you know, we were sitting there talking. You were like, I have to take a walk. And I was like, all right, cool. Let's talk about it. And as I walked to go grab my lunch and walk back to the office, by the time I sat down at my desk, I was like, oh man, that little problem solved. And then, right. the, and then the beauty parties, you went to you went to therapy, what, the next day? And the got next ready to fill. And got ready to fill. And that's so lovely. I don't understand why I had to get my my uh, edges snatched twice in a row. I don't get it. My edges are holding on very well for my old age. Don't do that. <laughs> but it it was both conversations is what I needed um, in in these moments where I I I cannot see myself from the lenses of other people, right? And and I really shouldn't. I really need to to come to this understanding of my own that that I'm. I'm the S. You see, I ain't cuss. You see that? Yeah. So good. It's okay. Um, I, I have to, I have to come to this understanding for myself because at the end of the day, you can tell me how wonderful I am. My family can tell me how wonderful. My clients can tell me. But if I don't feel it, I'm not going to move, and yeah. I'm going to make myself stagnant. So. But the thing is, um, you got to understand that I need you to feel it because. And I'm going to say this selfishly. I need you to, to see it because I look at it like this. I hung out with you at a table on my birthday with four other people. And every time you spoke and you spoke about, you spoke about your truth, because we was at the table. If anybody was in Dallas, Texas at Lolo's and Grapevine, God bless you. Because I know we, <laughs> I know y'all were blessed on that day. Uh, but I'm going to tell you. Yes, but, I, but the thing was, everything that you spoke about, you drew everybody's attention and it made everybody think when you started talking about different things, you started talking about, hey, you know, for little boys and you're talking about, you know, you're talking about like intimacy and stuff like that. You're talking about for children. You're talking about for little girls. And you're like, you're yeah. talking about this and you're just taking control of the conversation. And I was like, I, I need my friend. I need my friend. <laughs> To one, I, I need you to keep. I need you to keep podcasting. I need you to keep educating. I need you to keep putting other therapists on. I need you to keep doing that because that is what is going to move a lot of people forward. You're going to bless people's relationships. People will be able to have fidelity in whatever type of relationship they are, they're building, whether it's monogamous relationship or poly, amorous right. relationship, whatever it is. Um, 
you'll be, you know, even the conversations we had about sexuality and you were talking yeah. about, you know, I, I just think that your viewpoint and the way that you make the conversation palatable so people can drop that BS and really just listen to what you're saying. I think that is what is needed. And I need my friend to be successful because one, I want to be your biggest cheerleader. And then also on top of being your biggest cheerleader, I want to see people's lives changed and made better because they're not doubting themselves in who they think they were made to be. I appreciate that. And that, I mean, that's, that is my overall goal. And I do want to point this out that there are so many black sex educator, counselors, therapists, researchers, um, that are that have very similar missions as my missions as I do. The issue is our voices get uh, censored, mm-hmm. right? So, for example, wonderful Instagram um, has a habit of anytime I wear a shirt with the word sex on it or sexuality on it, it will come down within a matter of minutes. My sex education post that's actually educating on intimacy about your body y'all haven't seen them because they keep getting taken down but oh but Pornhub (laughs) you know (laughs) that I'm seeing all the nipples on the interwebs like how is this not how why would you censor me providing education because my face is brown that's that's just the reality of it so I, I people don't know we're out here because we keep getting censored so find spaces where your black sexuality educators therapists and counselors dwell we are here with with a mission of ensuring that you have what you need to live fulfilling sex life having erotic marriages that that's important yes it helps with the fatality Um, it absolutely does it really does i believe it does i believe it I believe that I believe that um, a lot of people. I think you know. I had an interesting conversation. Somebody asked me, uh, "Why do people cheat? You know, is it because the woman isn't going this, 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 and this?" And I said, "It's somebody who cheated in previous relationships." Yeah, so I said, "Relationships." Mm-hmm. Um, it was never about that. It was about my ego. right. It was about my ego. Right. Like it was about other different things, but I think that you do need to. You have to receive some type of counseling so you can try to figure out why you're hurt about this and why you, you mm-hmm. react in a certain way. And I think that, um, I think, you know, having somebody like for me, I, I see this all the time. I think I said this all the way back to, I think, the first episode of the GHG podcast. I said, you know, for me, having a therapist that looks like me, mm-hmm. understands where I'm from. Yep. And and what is the, the social norm from where I'm from has helped me out the most because when, when I make moves and when I move on things and I'm talking to them about it, they understand and I don't have to explain the context of why I would do mm-hmm. certain things that I've done uh, in my past. And right. they, can, they can talk to me and, and, you know, why this as a child affected me and so I have I had abandonment issues. I say had because I don't mm-hmm. have anymore. Mm-hmm. Had abandonment issues. Why why do I need physical touch so much uh to feel validated in a relationship mm-hmm. and different things like that. And when you don't give me physical touch, I will go seek it somewhere else. I had to mm-hmm. learn that, right? Right, right. I had to learn that. And I think that is um one of the things that um really interests me. Um, a lot and about, you know, having a, having a therapist and, you know, and now, you know, I've got a sex educator in the vault uh, that I can go to uh, worst, case, worst case scenario. Uh, Absolutely. If, if, I got I got all the answers. And if I don't, I know where to get them. I, I'm sure you do. Yes. All yes. Right. So now with that being said, mm-hmm. How can, can, I I you, can I have you help me with something? Absolutely. All right. So check this out. Mm-hmm. So, I am at an interesting point in life. Okay. Right. Anybody who listens to the GH2 podcast or you listen to the Cash App Group podcast, you know that I am a certified lover boy. Yes, I love love, all things about love, right? Okay. 
but I'm in an interesting place in, in my life. Mm-hmm. I, the idea of physical intimacy seems exhausting to me right now. Mm. And I don't know why that is. Um, you know, I'm, you know, I struggle, I've been struggling now for probably the last two, almost three months mm-hmm. with the idea of being um, intimate. Okay. Like it, the thought of it sounds nice, but I'm just not interested. Mm. And um, go ahead. What are you going to say? So when you say the thought of being intimate, break break that down. What when you say intimate, what does that mean for you? See, I don't actually mean sex. I just mean okay. I, you mean like physical intimacy, yeah, as in physical, the closeness. The closeness. It, Okay. It, it just seems uh, it just seems like it's a bad idea. Mm. Like, okay, so this is why this is why I feel, and then maybe you can help me out. Okay. So, I'm at a point where I want to be. If if I decide to give any physical attention to a person, mm-hmm. I want to know that they're my person. Okay. I want to I want to know that this is what it is. Um I want to I want to know that it's not a rental. Mm. And I'm gonna just be totally honest. I might sound like a hoe, but and and I never operated like that before. Um yeah, I, I used to be thought it out. I'm a Christian, but I thought a little bit, right? So um <laughs> I need to get that on the shirt. I need to get that on the shirt. I'm a I Christian, like but I thought a little to, bit. I think you need to put that on the shirt. That's copyright, copy, okay. copywritten by GH2 LLC. All right. Just okay. in case. It's, 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 but um, 1021 p.m. All right. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need you to edit that out so that you can keep your idea so nobody takes it. Thank you. No, nah, it's, nah, it's cool. Don't worry. It'll be trademarked. I'll, I'll put that in tonight. Uh, but no, so. Um, no, so like literally, I, um, I I just you know I was very free. Like I was, I would freely give myself. Like mm-hmm. it, it could be not no. I wasn't doing one night stands or anything like that. But I I believe that I used to be the king of the micro relationship. Like mm-hmm. um, if I'm having sex with you, I'm having sex with you, and you only and we in a relationship or a situationship or something like that. Um, but now it's like. I'm to the point where I like you. I'll be like, I like you. You're really cool. But I don't I don't want to give I don't want to give you no physical intimacy or nothing like that. Can I can you be my best friend? Like, <laughs> can you be my best friend? Mm. Do I wanna hold your hand? Like do I really want to just hold your hand and just chill and just talk with you? Do I do I wanna let you rest your head on my shoulder and you tell me about your day? Do I want to put my hand on your thigh like when we sitting down at the I want us to go to dinner and I want to sit. I want you to sit right next to me. I don't want you to sit across from me. I want you to sit next to me. I want to put my hand on your thigh. I just want to talk to you while the food is coming. We sitting there. You got to use your right hand. I got to use my left hand to drink these drinks and we can sit down and talk while I got my hand on your, your left thigh. Like that's where I'm at with it right, right. now, right? Right. And oh, I got so many things with this. Okay. And I'm just to the point now where I'm like, if you can't give me that, then leave me the hell alone. Don't talk. Right. And let it, let so, it be build up. Lil Wayne. So, All right. Okay. So congratulations, Georgie. You are on a healing journey. Yay. Okay. You know your worth. You know how far you've come. You know where you want to go. So you're uh, not trying to waste time and waste energy on things that aren't going to pour back into you the way that you deserve to be poured into. So the idea of just wasting time with someone ain't really there, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And also, and I hope you don't mind me sharing this, mm-hmm. but we talked a little bit about control yes. um, when you were getting ready. Yeah, when you were coming to Dallas, you, you talked about having control issues. And mm-hmm. for me, that speaks a little bit to allowing yourself to be vulnerable and 
what that looks like and what happens if you are not received. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if, if you put yourself in a position to, to have this physical intimacy and it is not received in the way that you may have in your head that you want it to be received, how are you going to feel? What is that? What kind of place is that going to put you in? And it feels like it's connected to that. Mm. Saying, but a little bit, a little bit deeper. Okay, a little bit more deeper. Well, I, I think it's. I, I mean, I don't know how much deeper you can get other than vulnerability. Yeah. Like I think it's a vulnerability thing. Um, has who has created space for you to be vulnerable? Have you ever experienced that in a way that you were able to lean into it? No. Um, this and this is something that I have struggled with in my life. I say it all the time: whose hands are big enough to hold me? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I can see that for you. Who's do you feel as though anyone's hands are big enough to hold on to you? And if so, if you've never experienced that, it it can be a little um, intimidating. I think so because I think that's where honestly, you know. Um, I'm, okay, so let me let me have a full another little bit more tra- transparency. So um, usually on my birthday, um, I tend to be a slut, and just just full <laughs> transparency, I tend to be a little bit of a whole bag. Um, okay, okay. Uh, you know, you know, you know, like there's a I'm a demon. I'm a slut. Slut me out. Like you know, a guy he's saying in the voice, right? Oh yeah, I lo- I love that one. It's so cute. <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> But but this birthday was was totally different. I was with I, I got to kick it with like four well three friends and one new friend, or I believe could be friend, and mm-hmm. it was really dope. And I like literally took my birthday and did whatever I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about jumping a plane. I came kick it, stayed at my favorite hotel with my people. We had such a great epic time. Um, you know, went to Nirvana, played video games, went to go see a movie, uh, smoked me and some Cuban, got a couple of Cuban cigars by the pool, uh, then went out to Papa Do's because that's my favorite thing to do when I'm when I'm back in Dallas. I love Papa Do's, don't judge me. Uh, <laughs> and then you know went to hit a really dope brunch spot in the morning. Um, but each morning I did my yoga, I did meditation, I prayed, I read. I just really, like I, I really do feel like, I'm not trying to be funny, but I feel like healed. Like I don't feel like, you know, I don't need the validation of mm-hmm. of, of that, but I, I just want it to be real. Like I'm, I'm just, you know, right. I'm, I'm tired of, um, I'm going to say this just being just totally honest. I'm tired of like, you know, because, you know, like sometimes as a, as a man, sometimes you could slut a female out. Uh, I'm gonna mm-hmm. say it like that, and you know, then you know she knows wide open, and she's hitting you up and stuff like that. But sometimes, what a lot of women don't understand is when when men when we're vulnerable like that, we're doing that to you it's because we want that toxic type of relationship where we know that that's what you're there for because we mm-hmm. find value in that. But mm-hmm. I'm down to the point where I don't see a value in that because I don't want your ass. Mm-hmm. And, and it and it was like one of those real messed up situations where it's like yay, but no, right? And it's like you, you kind of really understood where you really were at. And you're like, oh, I was really being a hoe out here for real. Mm. I was really, I was really treating myself. I was really not valuing myself and valuing mm. who I am. Right. And it hurts. It hurt a little bit. I ain't gonna lie. Like it hurt a little bit because yeah, um, because but that's where you. Yeah, Go I, ahead. Back, I was thinking about that and I felt and I felt that. You again it goes back to now you're in a place where you understand your worth and you understand that you are more than your dick. Mm-hmm. And, and and I I was trying to find a better way to put it, but it, but oh. black men have been taught from very early ages that your worth is connected to your penis. Your worth is connected to um, your your sex game, your stroke, all of that versus your 
your worth is within. Your worth is who you are. You came to this earth with value, right? And despite how society has historically treated Black men um, as insignificant, Black men are kings, in my opinion. Black men have the ability to create empires that that it I'm the, I'm the don't even get me on that soapbox, but it is a shame that black men typically will fall to the default of I want this conquest to make me feel better about everything else that the world has told me I cannot have, right? Mm-hmm. And once you get to a place of healing where you're like, you know what, I didn't need to do that. I could have spent my time doing X, Y, and Z. I could have spent my time actually cultivating a a safe space for myself and for my potential partner that could have helped elevate myself as a person, myself as a career. Because in my opinion, your relationship has the ability to do that, elevate you to to, to places that you can never go as a single person, in my opinion. Um, You could have been doing that. And so now you're on the other side of that life. You're looking back like, dang, I could have done so much better because you deserve so much better. And so now you're like, okay, I spent all that time doing that. So now what? What does it look like for me to 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 change or to actively pursue something in a way that I know I deserve? But again, okay, it kind of takes me back to 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 what I was saying earlier about myself. I I know I deserve it. How do I get it? What do, how am I going to be once I get it? What does that look like? How will I be received well? That's that nervousness. That's that insecurity that doesn't have to be there. Hmm. Uh, I, feel you. I just, I just want to let you know. The moment you said I deserve, I almost broke off as a mama D. I deserve. I don't do mama D. Don't do mama D. Oh my god. Don't do mama D with her crazy tail. But oh. it, it. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say for you, um, determining, determining, making the decision for yourself, like, you know what, this is what I want. What do I need to do to get this? How do I put myself in a position to receive this? Um, and go head first, eyes closed. It's my favorite phrase, head first, eyes closed, because you deserve it. Yeah. That's just it. I think that's awesome. I think that's we can do to continue dealing just yeah just go ahead first yeah first eyes closed yeah so this is what i'm gonna say friend like you know Mm -hmm. what the thing about our conversation uh earlier this week that literally was the catalyst for this gh2 podcast episode remember one thing Mm -hmm. you are fucking amazing Thank you, Georgie. And you are amazing as well. You are one of one. You are a snowflake. No, no snowflake is the same. And oh, that's good. So Sorry. I just want you to remember the taught lessons and bought lessons. And mm-hmm. if y'all don't remember when I talked before about taught lessons and bought lessons, there are some lessons that life is going to teach you. Right. Um, and you're going to learn from it. And you're going to go be great. And there's some lessons you're going to buy. And you're going to buy them by an ass whooping. You're going to buy mm-hmm. them by failure. You're going to buy them through tears and bloodshed. By actual cash as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. actual cash as well, too. Mm-hmm. What I want you to remember is don't forget these lessons. Store right. them up. Put them on your wall like you put these phones. Because you need to make sure that you don't have to go remediate over something that you went through yeah, that made you pressure. Because mm. I think sometimes we just get we pressure out here in these streets. Absolutely. I don't care. I, I don't I don't care if you're the goddamn cafeteria lady. Baby, you pressure. You, you pressure. Serving, the way you serving food to them kids, you pressure. You are pressure. When you be letting baby get that little plate, when they be put baby they be short on their 45 cents for reduced lunch, you pressure. Because it's a special person to do that. Yeah. And I think that sometimes we're so quick to invalidate why we are special, why we are here, why we're doing things 
that nobody else can do at that the moment that we do that. And I think that's why that's why we get caught up when we just like we had so much success. Like like you're 36, but you done had so much success in your life. You might think, well, so and so can also do that, and so and so can do that. They couldn't do it at the time and the moment that you did it. You were the mm-hmm. person for the job. And everything that you did that prepared you for the moment made you be the person for the job. So that's what allowed you to stand out and have success and be the successful person that you are. Don't forget that. Okay? Mm. Thank you, George. All right. So I think that's a wonderful way for us to wrap this up. I'm GH2. I was joined by today, Ms. Bridgetta Giles. She is amazing. Bridgetta, please plug all your brand, plug everything you got going on. Oh my goodness, all of them. Um, well, y'all can find me on Instagram at Say It To Me Nice Podcast, TikTok, Say It To Me Nice Podcast, Clubhouse, <laughs> Say It To Me Nice Podcast. Um, I am just about to wrap up season two of Say It To Me Nice. Season three will be out mid November. Um, in between season, I will be doing this thing, which I hope Georgie will participate in, hint, hint, uh, called Laundry and Lullabies, which would be a weekly um, discussion where we just get on IG Live and Clubhouse and we just have a a good old time talking about sex and intimacy um, and relationships and things that uh, we want to manifest into our lives and figure out ways to do so um, in a very fun platform with lots of profanity and hopefully wine. And that's what I got. Oh, and if you're interested in booking classes with me, um, you, uh, my website is uh, bgilescoaching.com. So just to go ahead and um, throw this out here, what's your number one requested class right now? <laughs> blow by blow. It is a fellatio 101 class where I teach the fine art of um, sucking dick. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, so if you can't suck a dick, she can help you out. <laughs> Come on over. Come on over. Yes. And I did say, ladies and gentlemen, because fellas, some of y'all yes. need to go too, because that's what you're in. Absolutely. All Absolutely. right. With that being said, I thank you so much for your time. I thank you for your energy. I thank you for your life. This has been the JH2 Podcast. Peace out.